before we start the show, just um, this is normally where I would say try to say something funny. It's not always funny, but um, really not not going to do that today at all. So um, I'm not going to try to say anything prolific. Just that my thoughts are with everybody who has been affected by what's going on in Manchester, and uh, I hope and pray for the families that are there. And uh, you know, some things are, are much bigger than than football. Um, change in manager, change in system, players need to go in or out. Um, it, what we're going to talk about the rest of this episode doesn't compare to uh, what's going on in the world. But hopefully you can, if you need to use this to escape, which is kind of what I do from time to time, um, you know, here it is and I hope it helps. And uh, yeah, so here's the rest of the episode. And thanks for, you know, subscribing or whatever. Подача Остин! Все-таки забит! Он тебе доступный хедерик! Just one more quick note before the actual show starts. Sorry about this. Um, if you hear uh, like a, a clicking or um, like a, a little bit of jumping in the audio between interviews, it's because my uh, USB port that I'm using is, I think it's going out on my computer. Uh, it's time to, uh, to upgrade the machine that's on the summer project list. But um, I didn't notice it until I was listening to the, the, the last little bit that I recorded. And at that point, I, I just didn't have time to go back and re-record all of the uh the the spaces between the interviews so um if that happens i apologize um you know it'll be fixed it'll be fixed next time so thanks for uh for i hope that didn't take away from the show too much and uh now like here's the actual show thanks hello and welcome to episode 20 of the southampton delivery podcast a podcast dedicated to the southampton football club and all of the sfc fans this is episode 20. This is the last episode of the season. This is the wrap-up show. We are looking back at the season as a whole, and we're going to talk to not just one one person or one writer or one uh, person with a page or something dedicated to the club. We're going to talk to uh, – did, I did nine separate interviews for this one, and uh, we're just going to talk about the club and see how people feel about it. And uh, part of this is I wanted to get a well-rounded group of people together and, and talk about this. And I thought, Oh, it'll be fun. Um, you know, generally I, I, I do one big long interview and then I spend a long, long time editing it. And I knew we had some things going on this weekend. Uh, my kids were in a soccer tournament and, uh, to be honest, both of their teams were pretty crap all year. So I wasn't really worried about progressing beyond the, the, the three game group stage. Um, but, um, that didn't happen. My, my daughter's team actually wound up winning the entire thing. Um, which is, which is great on, on a penalty shootout after two periods of extra time and, and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, between us not really expecting that and, uh, the tournament directors not actually being able to tell us when the games were going to take place, um, scheduling all of these interviews became a real, real pain. And, uh, between games, I was running home and, uh, doing an interview and then driving back and, uh, it, it, what I thought was going to be a fairly relaxing five to seven minute conversation with each person, I found myself just staring at the timer as we were going on and on and on. And I tried really, really hard to uh, 
to put that aside and pay attention and, and be, uh, you know, the best interviewer that I could. Um, but I, sometimes I, I just couldn't, sometimes I had other things on my mind. So I, I'm sure we've all kind of been there, but, uh, in the end I am, I'm happy to do this. Um, I hope that we've found a well-rounded group of, of supporters, uh, and fans to give us kind of a perspective on things. Um, and if not, then uh, we'll do better next time. I realized that I only reached out on social media uh, and that I only talked to males and that I didn't quite get to as many people from as many countries as I wanted to, but uh, I'm not doing PhD research, so it's not uh, it, it's not really that important, but it's it's it was important for me to try to do that. So um, ladies, um, just so you know, you can talk to me too, um, even though it might be like, I, it's not creepy. I, I just about the club. That's all I want to talk about. That's it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to start with, uh, the first interview here we'll get to is, uh, Bob from Canada. So, uh, Bob lives in Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada. Um, and we're going to talk about that and we'll go through Canada. We'll go to the United States. We'll go to, uh, the UK all around the UK and, uh, eventually to the United Arab Emirates. And then we'll, uh, kind of swing it back home. So, uh, I hope that all makes sense. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, and if you have not subscribed to the show, you can do so on iTunes, Acast, Google play, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, or wherever you get your podcast and be sure to follow the show on Twitter at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y that's at SFC Del Ivory. And our Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. That's D E L L I V E R Y no underscore in the Facebook address. So, um, all that being said, let's get to the interviews. Uh, the show is long, so don't feel like you have to listen to it all at once because two hours of, of, uh, of podcasts is a lot of podcasts. That's, I think it's too much, but I think it's also important to allow people to express themselves. So, uh, here we go with the first interview. Let's go to Bob in Canada. Uh, Bob, thanks for joining the show. And, uh, why don't you give us just a little rundown of, of how you became a Saints fan and what you think about the season? Sure. Uh, my name is Bob Brown. I'm calling from Edmonton, Canada. And I basically, I'm uh, calling in just because I do want to have the opportunity to talk with you and, and chat and about Southampton, hear the, uh, you know, the perspectives of other people around the world that have a similar passion for the club like I do. Um, up here in Canada, hockey is the main game. And originally, when I was growing up, I played a lot of, of football, soccer, like we call it here, right? Mm-hmm. And at back in the day, I used to follow soccer quite a bit, but that was quite a while ago. It was back in the days of like Johan Cruyff and Franz Beckenbauer and Marco Van Basten and, and those kinds of players. And I kind of, when I moved from playing soccer to baseball, I kind of lost connection with the professional game. And years and years went by, and then recently getting married and having kids, got the kids in playing, playing football now. And I wanted to get them to have sort of an opportunity to see the professionals play. Because I feel that the best way to improve yourself is obviously through practice, but also through the ability to see guys knowing what they're doing, to watch them and playing. So decided that we wanted to kind of get connected with the professional level again. And where we are up here, I know with uh, down south where you are, you got uh, NBC that kind of got the rights to the Premier League. Uh-huh. And it's kind of the same thing here. We don't have a lot of exposure to a lot of the other leagues, but the Premier League is, is the main one on our, on our major sports networks here. So we decided that we wanted to watch and, and follow a team. Now, 
I wouldn't have it in me to basically support any of the big six clubs. Uh, not really my thing. I, I don't want to follow a team that just buys their players. I've always sort of been kind of the champion of the underdog type thing, and that's that's kind of like up here in Edmonton, following the orders, they've always been a small market team, and they've uh -huh. always had to try to win with a small budget and kind of doing things the right way, right? Right. So while we were looking at some of the other teams that we wanted to maybe look at supporting, uh, right away we saw the way that Southampton does things and using, like I said, the Southampton way, uh, doing things within a good budget, developing players within the youth academy. Um, also, along those lines, we uh, have a little bit of a connection as far as the chairman at Southampton, Ralph Kruger. Uh -huh. He was uh, actually the coach of the local hockey team here for a year. Okay. And uh, he kind of, he did a really good job. I mean, the guy himself, it's very interesting. He's... He's smart, he's charismatic, he did a really good job with the team, but at the time, our management was a little bit of a gong show, and they decided that they were going to pursue someone else to uh, coach. So they actually ended up firing Ralph, oddly enough, via Skype, which isn't the most personal <laughs> or professional, and that's an ongoing joke up here. So uh, I always felt a little bit bad for him because he was mistreated, and when I found out after the fact that he had gone on to to the chairman's uh, position in Southampton, I thought, well, that's that's a sign right there. That's got to be a team that I'm going to follow. But then that, in addition to, like I said, the way that they do things, it was right away a buy-in for me to, to want to support Southampton and, and learn more about them. So we went on and learned more through uh, doing, obviously, uh, some research through the Internet and everything and then started to watch the games. And we've really all of a sudden developed a passion for this for this club. So that's kind of where, where I've come from and why I follow those guys. That's awesome. That's, I mean, there are some parallels between you and I in terms of the kids getting into it and then, you know, find wanting to find a team and not wanting to pick, you know, one of the big teams. And, um, I don't have the Ralph Kruger connection, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Academy system, I like the Houston Astros as a baseball team. So, you know, their farm system is, is pretty good and they, and they tend to do things that way as well. So, um, sure. uh, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, and so, I guess thinking about back about the about most of the season, uh, just kind of looking back on it, um, any moments stand out to you as being uh, particularly notable? I guess. Yeah, um, there's. I mean, it's it's been a season of a lot of highs and lows, and there's been positives and there's been negatives. But if we're looking from the positive side of things, obviously, going to the Cup final is huge, and uh, I know for myself, just following. Recently, it was very exciting, and I can't imagine what it was like for those fans and supporters of the club that have been there for years and years and years and had the chance to actually see them have that level of success. And then the other thing probably would be beating Inter Milan at home uh, during the Europa League. That was fantastic as well. So a couple of things that, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have said you're going to beat Inter Milan at home in 10 years people there <laughs> would probably have been, been laughing at you. So if that, those, uh, those two things right there actually stood out for me. Okay. Looking back on the season, you know, take into account the cup run, the, the, our, our league position, uh, style of play, all that stuff, youth development. Um, would you say that this year has been a success in any of those or, or uh, total even? There's, there's been successes and there's been a little bit of drawbacks uh, in terms of the youth development we have seen quite a few of the, the the younger players from the academy actually get the chance to jump in and to grow. 
some out of necessity, obviously, with Jack Stevens uh, having to take over after Virgil went down. But we did see some other guys thrown into the mix that may not have necessarily been the case years past, like Josh Sims, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sam McQueen, those types of players. So we did see some growth on the development side from the youth. Um, this style of play obviously is not what was expected. I know when Puel was originally hired, they kind of were looking for a manager that was going to buy in, obviously, to the Southampton way and work with the youth. But they also wanted someone that was going to employ, you know, attack football strategies. That's, that's the kind of tactics that they wanted. They wanted aggressive, entertaining football, and, and it really hasn't been that. Uh, and also the, the sheer lack of goals has obviously been an issue. Right. So, like I said, good and bad. Um, if, you're, if you're going to kind of make a decision on whether Puel should be going or not, there's there's arguments for and against him, right? right. Um, but I, I really feel that in terms of advancing the youngsters, he did a, a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I agree. And maybe maybe you and I maybe have a similar kind of viewpoint, and I, maybe not though. Um, is when I when I look at some of the fans that go to St. Mary's each and every week, you know, it's actually probably easier for me to wake up at seven a.m. and watch a match than it is to to get up and go and and you know whether you make the trip all the way up to Borough or even just going down to St. Mary's and spending mm-hmm. your money on the tickets and doing all that. And I can understand their frustration. I don't ever want to discount that. Um, do you kind of feel that way as well? Or do you think, you know, people are being too harsh maybe? No, I mean, especially the guys that, you know, they pay their well-earned money, right? And they go out there, they have the, the voice to be able to say what they feel. And obviously I think there's going to be a little bit more of credence given to their wants and needs and someone like, like you and I that are, you know, we're, we're across the ocean and we get up at, like you say, seven, six, seven o'clock in the morning, they go out there and they spend their money. So when they're seeing things kind of go backwards compared to what we've seen in the last few years, I mean, the club had made significant progress in the last two or three years. And then this year, even though, I mean, I think it, it's looking pretty good that we'll probably end up eighth, we ended up with fewer points than we have in the past three or four years. And they have obviously taken a step backwards. And I think maybe that's more, I mean, the fact that we're eighth probably has a lot more to say about what the quality of the clubs below us are instead of what we've been doing. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's definitely, there's gotta be some concern management wise. I think just from what I've been hearing, some of the comments that were made even by you know, Ralph Kruger about uh, being in a good position as far as, you know, if, if this potential takeover does go through, great. If it doesn't, they have a backup. I think it, it leads to possibilities of having some extra money to come in to maybe do some business. And then the big thing with uh, regards to what he was saying in his recent interviews was that he uh, didn't think that Southampton had to sell anymore. Right. It wasn't something that was a necessity. They would do it if it was a business need or a good business case was, was there. But the fact that they don't have to sell anybody and they may have some more money, I think gives you a little bit of optimism going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping it'll be an exciting summer for a different reason this year. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead <laughs> of the same old, same old this year. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you'd like to, like to add? Um, no, I mean, like I said, it, it was a, a year of ups and downs, and I found it fascinating to watch uh, both the good and the bad, and I'm really looking forward to the upcoming season. I'm really in the back of my mind hoping there is some way that they can keep Virgil 
he is i mean he's dynamic he's a monster out there and yeah. he has impact throughout all all over the pitch right i mean he, he just has a major impact on on the on the matches and i realized that it may make business sense for him like if, if someone's going to come and say we want 60 million pounds uh, or we're going to give you 60 million pounds that might make some sense to do that from a business perspective yeah but at the end of the day I mean, wouldn't you want to get a chance to see him for a full year as the captain leading the club out there? And, yeah, oh, and yeah. Just doing what he can in conjunction with maybe some of the moves that they can make over the summer. It just, I think there's really positive things on the horizon, and I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's uh, Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. Not a problem. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, man, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for joining the show, Bob. And uh, you can find Bob on Twitter at rsbrown80. That's R-S-B-R-O-W-N-8-0. And uh, I should tell you that we recorded that interview way back on Thursday, so it's before the final match took place. But uh, we wanted to make sure that we got Bob on before he went on a uh, family vacation. So thanks for doing that. And we'll keep it moving. We'll jump over to England now, and we're going to talk to Dan Hargrave. So, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you made of the season? Uh my name's Dan, I'm 15, and I've supported Saints the majority of my life. I did move away a few years ago, when, and that was when Saints were usually in League One, so I didn't follow them through League One as much as other people had because I was away. But then when I came back, they were about to... It was the season when they finished seventh with Ronald Koeman, and then that's when I really got interested. Before I knew who they were, I really got interested about two or three seasons ago. All right, nice. Looking back on, on this season, any moments that have kind of stood out to you that uh, at all? Cup final. Definitely the cup final. Um, I went myself. It was a brilliant day. It was disappointing to lose. We were the better team. As you probably everyone knows, we were the better team that day. And the only problem was we just didn't have a world-class striker that could score the goal when we weren't playing well. And so... It was a great experience. We made the best atmosphere. We played the best team. I didn't expect to score two goals at Wembley against Man United. So for me, it was the perfect out just without the win. I, I watched that in a in a bar full of Man United fans. So it was uh, you know, there were seven mm-hmm. Southampton fans and and, and me, and then the, the right. you know, so. But it was a uh, it was definitely a memorable day. Obviously, wish we could have won, yeah. but but you know, looking back at the season. Um, all things considered, uh, style of play, league position, the cup run, all that other stuff. Uh, would you consider, I guess, the season like a success? Are you happy with the season? Or are there things about it that you would say need to be different for next year, maybe? Uh, I think it's been a... I think the best word to uh, summarize the season is change. Is There have been plenty of new experiences. Obviously, we don't play in finals very often. And then there was the Europa League as well, which we don't play in very often. It actually was the first time in the group stage. And so I think we knew, as fans, we expected not to finish as high as we have done recently in the league. And to me, eighth is going to be higher than I expected. And it was probably more based around the Cups, especially with Europe. And that was a disappointment to be knocked out. And then it was also a disappointment to lose in the final after we played so well to get there. But... Overall, I think some aspects makes it a successful season for the size of the club. But behind the scenes, uh, there have been plenty of reports saying that there's unrest between the manager and the players. 
the playing style has been quite dull. There hasn't been enough goals scored. And so, in my opinion, the playing style, if the manager is going to continue, the playing style needs to change because there haven't been enough goals. It's been too boring. And we have the potential to finish seventh or sixth next season because that's where they want to be. They want to get back into Europe. And they're not going to do that if they play like they have done this season. All right, all right. I can I can get with that. So uh, so thank you. Um, if I had to ask Great. you to kind of sum up the the season in in like one word or one phrase, what would you say? Different. Different. I think different is a good word. Yeah. Obviously, right. with the new experiences for the team. All right. All right. Well, thank you uh, for for calling in. Yeah. Brilliant. Cheers, Matt. Cheers. All right, thank you, Dan, for joining us. You can find Dan on Twitter at D Hargraves SFC. That's D H A R G R A V E S S F C. He does some writing for Reed Southampton, so be sure to check that out as well. And uh, coming in now is uh, Tim Marshall. Tim, I had on the show just a few weeks ago. Uh, he's a London-based Saints fan, and uh, I have him and his dad calling in now. They made their way down, or Tim made his way down to Southampton to uh, attend the last game of the season with his dad. So uh, here they are. Uh, guys, can you uh, you know give us a little bit of history and also what you made of the season? Well, I, I started watching them in 1976, um, which is the year they won the FA Cup. Uh, and the significance of that is that I was 18 years old uh, that year. It was the year I started at university. I came down from London to start at Southampton University to read law and started watching the Saints that year, and I've been watching them ever since. And uh, this, I watched them right through when they went down to the, uh, down, the, down the leagues as we were demoted, and I've watched them come back up again. So once a Saint, always a Saint, really. Yeah, how was that? I mean, those seasons where you're going down, obviously, the, the feeling, I, I actually, I don't really know what that feeling would be like, because um, I haven't, I haven't experienced that. But kind of coming back up, I, I would assume there's a great sense of elation with every step of the way. And then even that run in the Premier League we've had the past few seasons, I think has been um, a pretty positive thing around the club. Is that is that kind of how you've experienced it as well? Yes, that's right. I mean, I was there when they won the, won the, uh, uh, their place back up in the Premier League from the Championship. And I was on the pitch like everybody else. There's a great feeling around the city that year. In some ways, I enjoyed them being in the championship because we were winning most of the time. When we went up to the premiership, we started losing again. Um, but it, it went to it was like old times, really, because there was a time when every year the exciting thing at the end of the season was whether we stayed in the league or not. Um, and that didn't happen when we were in the championship because we were a, a big team amongst smaller teams. So it was a more relaxing ride, as it were, particularly the season we came back up again. But, uh, you know, everybody wants to be in the Premiership, and I'm glad that's where we are. Uh, I think I probably enjoyed last season more than this season, which we'll probably discuss later on. Um, but it's the place to be, and um, certainly, uh, I guess in some ways, success is harder to deal with than disappointment, because being a Saints fan, you're used to disappointment. It, it's, it's success that's quite, uh, quite hard sometimes, because you're always looking over your shoulders to what's coming next. Yeah, and I think maybe you know the success of the past few years, maybe at least for me, leads to how I feel kind of about this season. But what what are your thoughts? I guess on now that the season's over, I think we finished eighth on goal difference. That's um, right. So so what what how do you you know that's a top half finish? We've been in the cup final, all that stuff. There's stuff going on with the manager. It looks like he's probably on his way out. But what are you what are your feelings kind of on the uh, on the season as a whole? If you can kind of go like big picture with it. Again, I think actually today's game was a sort of microcosm, really, of the season in that there were flashes of brilliance and some really exciting play, but we lost. 
And there were long patches where it was quite boring and quite frustrating. And certainly the crowd, and particularly the section that I was in, were roaring at the players because there was far too much um, midfield play and not enough direct attack on goal. And that rather sums up the season, which has been frustrating. If you'd, if you'd said to me at the beginning of the season, well, you know, um, what's going to happen this season is that you're going to see a lot of exciting football, but an even more boring football. But you're going to finish eighth and you're going to get to a cup final. I'd have thought, great, that sounds like a very good, very good season. It doesn't feel like that at the end of the season because the last few games have become dull because of the style of play. It's been too negative. It's been too cautious. It hasn't been sufficiently direct. And to some extent, I think I'd rather have seen them lose a couple of games than draw boringly. Um, and today really um, was a mirror of that, I think, in that there was insufficient direct attack on um, the opposition goal. There was far too much uh, back passing. And when we did get near the goal, the players were mostly reluctant to shoot. And when they did shoot, they tended to miss. Um, I think probably today, um, from the Saints' point of view, the best man on the pitch by a long shot was the defender, Yoshida, uh, who I thought was great, uh, partly because he played very well, but mostly because he was the one man who clearly really wanted to win that game uh, when uh, so many others were just keen to keep possession. Uh, and again, I think that's a mirror of the season, which is uh, that far too much of it has been mediocrity rather than endeavour. Now, one of the questions I have is, I, you know, I'm sitting here in America. It doesn't cost me, you know, any more than my normal cable package to be able to watch every Southampton game there, you know, other than getting up uh, for a 7 a.m. or occasionally like a 4.30 a.m. kickoff. I have that's all that's all I have to do um, yes. now. I think that gives me a little bit of a different perspective because I think it makes it almost easier to accept if the game is, is you know, just OK, you know, or boring even. But yeah. for somebody who is spending their hard-earned money, uh, you know, traveling it's 12 miles, but 12 miles is 12 miles, getting down on the ground, doing that, it's, it's a whole day. And then do you think that the people who are in the stadium are maybe more frustrated than those of us who are kind of outside the stadium and not doing Undoubt that? Und undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, at the end of the game this evening, um, this afternoon rather, the, uh, the crowd was asked to wait for a lap of appreciation. And I doubt many people stayed. Uh, the people were flooding out of the ground and there was a fairly large section of the ground shouting at the manager that he didn't know what he was doing. Um, and the feeling one got was that the manager has slightly lost the crowd. Um, I think it is frustrating for the, the paying public because I mean, it's quite a lot of money to pay for the season ticket and you're giving up quite a lot of your day. And what you're going to see is a spectacle. You're going to see, you want to see some goals scored, you want to see some excitement um, and you want to see some serious endeavour. And what uh, the fans don't like is players who are satisfied with just keeping possession and uh, passing the ball around, so, which is why I say in many ways, I think the crowd would rather rather lose 3-2 than have a boring nil-nil draw. Yeah, and, and, and Tim, I'd like to ask you, what, what's the, uh, you know, if you could trade, you know, league position and all that stuff stays the same, you trade the style of play for a more direct game where you, you know, maybe we concede a lot more goals, but we score a lot more. Do you think everybody just ex would, would be much happier with that? All things, everything else equal, just, just more open and expansive play? I think so, because I, I tweeted at the end of the game, I mean, we finished eighth, and yet I feel like 
you know, putting my head in my hands because it was so frustrating. And um, as my dad just said, there's probably about 5,000 people at best, you know, out of a 32,000 capacity waiting at the end to um, give the players uh, that lap of appreciation, which is a bit sad, really, because they have got to a cup final and they had a good run in the Europa League and beat Inter Milan at home. But it's that sense of, of, of entertainment. And I think if we had those games where we'd been scoring but losing, there would be a sense of momentum and progress going into next season. And people would think, OK, we're losing, but we're exciting and we, we're scoring goals. I mean, uh, I mean, a, a stat I tweeted out as well is that um, Harry Kane has scored as many goals in the last three days as we have at home in, in 2017, which is awful, really. Oh, my God. I think just taking up on that point, a good comparison is with Bournemouth, which is just by, to help you with the geography, Bournemouth is about um, 30 miles along the coast from, from Southampton. Uh-huh. And, and Bournemouth finished below us this year. And they've shipped many more goals than we have, but they've also scored more goals. And it, we were listening to the radio on the way coming back from the game this afternoon, and the fans were, were ringing in about the Bournemouth uh, season. And they're really happy with their season, and they're really happy with their manager. And the reason why is what they see is an exciting spectacle each week, or most weeks. Um, and actually, that's a sort of reflection of why I think we had such a good time in the Championship, because more goals are being scored and more endeavour was being put forward. Um, so I think Tim's right. It's, it feels like a disappointment to finish eighth this year. You know, moving into next year, what what needs to change? Is it is it the manager? Is it the players? Is it the system? Is it a combination of of all three to kind of make that uh, to make it so we don't necessarily have this feeling about finishing you know top half and really outside? If you look at the teams who finished above us, if you asked anybody who would finish above us, it would be all of those teams. You know, um, but but what might what might you guys what do you guys say maybe needs to 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 change to make this a, a little bit better? Well, up, up till now, I've been behind the manager and, and I've been posting um, on the Ugly Inside website to the effect that the uh, crowd and the team should get behind the manager at least for another season because it takes time to bed in. Um, although I've always been 51% for him. I think after this game and the last two games, the Manchester United game in particular, actually, I've slightly switched. And whereas I was previously 51% behind the manager, I'm 51% against him now because um, it has been so dull, and the substitutions that were made were the wrong substitutions. Um, he, he, what he did was he made like-for-like replacements today, when it was quite clear that what we wanted was two strikers up front and not one, because we weren't getting the ball uh, up front and holding it up front. Um, and then there was a bizarre substitution of a defender uh, late in the game, and no one, no one could understand why he did that. He may, may have had his reasons. When you combine that with a very uh, strong sense that he's not communicating with the crowd or with the players, I think probably his days are numbered. Uh, he, he gave a very strange interview afterwards when he was asked um, by a local broadcaster whether he would be here next season. Uh, and he basically said, well, I want to, but it's not up to me. But one didn't really get a sense of, um, well, either enthusiasm for him or also really communication I mean, he just appeared to talk nonsense. He spoke for 10 minutes, and at the end of which, I was none the wiser as to what he was saying. And now, it's not, just, it's not just the language thing as well. I suspect if you listen to him in French, it would be equally perplexing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's due to, uh, to go with a, a review by the board tomorrow, so I think we'll have right. a little bit more information. But in, in wrapping up, Tim, you have any kind of final thoughts on this, uh, the, whole, the whole situation, the season maybe? Yeah, I mean, just to say, I think, you know, we could be accused of very much being spoilt here. For many years, we were 
uh, you know, just fighting by the skin of our teeth, not to be relegated. We were down in League One, obviously, six years ago, and and to finish eighth is is a good achievement on, on paper. But the problem is, it's really just because there's been twelve uh, weaker teams. And if you look at the actual table, you know, this we finished on forty six points, which is really not not great. And I think there's very few points between us and like seventeenth, eighteenth, really. So all of the bottom half clubs have been been quite poor. And I think that point about there being a huge disconnect between the fans and the manager is true. And what what happens is it means that you know the fans didn't really warm to at the start. They never they've never sung his name all season really. So that just kind of rolls on and on each week. And then that means that when they get frustrated, they kind of you know they get on the teams back quicker. And that the players sort of get nervous. And you could see today their confidence was gone. Hardly anyone had had good performances today. Um, Yoshida was by far our best player. He made an amazing um, tackle that probably would have led to a goal. Otherwise, a, a really, really great tackle. He injured himself in the process, so showing real commitment and bravery there too. Right. Um, and it was just a bit of a bit of a, of a sad end, really, to see see these players just sort of running out of ideas and and, and being quite a lot of confidence. I mean, Michael was saying it was almost like this magic line. I mean, they got sort of near the opposition's box and then they just didn't know what to do with it, really. Um, and I think a lot of that has to come from the manager and his system. So it's really yeah that sort of double whammy of lack of kind of connection with the, with the fans and also perhaps he's lost the trust and the dressing room with some of the players as well I get you yeah, that's, that's absolutely true and also can I just add that the, the crowd um, I think are capable of being won over because certainly at the beginning of the season there was quite a lot of criticism of Yoshida the defender because he would make mistakes each game and he has got better so much better throughout this season and I think today he was undoubtedly the best player and the crowd was, was singing his name um, and which, is, which rather demonstrates that people are prepared to be forgiving if things change. But what's happened over this season is things have got worse rather than better. Mm-hmm. And that's really why I think we're ending the season on a rather negative uh, view of the way that the team's being managed by the, uh, by the, by the team manager. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys' input and time. And uh, I hope you guys have a good evening, uh, you know, all things considered. And uh, Tim, travel safely back to London. And I hope... Thank you very much, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Matt. Good to talk we'll, to you. We'll, we'll chat soon. We'll uh, Twitter message. <laughs> Thank Thanks. You. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So thank you once again to Derek and Tim for joining us. You can find Tim on Twitter at T-I-M-J-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. That's at Tim J. Marshall. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Again, uh, I I, I do appreciate it. Derek is not on Twitter, but you can find him posting regularly uh, on the forum at The Ugly Inside. So uh, if you want to have some discussion with him, get some more thoughts from him, be sure to do that there. Uh, We're going to stay in England for the next couple of interviews. We're going to jump over to uh, Lincoln. And this is Aiden Osman. Aiden, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you give us a brief history of you, uh, a little breakdown of that, and also um, just give us your thoughts on the season. Yeah, well, I'm Aidan. I'm currently calling from Lincoln. Uh, I'm a Southampton fan, obviously, although I won't be here. Um, I'm currently studying at university in the sports business and coaching industry, and uh, I'm 20 years old, if that helps. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that do- I think that does help. I think the age... There might be a difference in how some people of you know one age or another kind of perceive the the progress of the team or the performance of the team and stuff like that. So that might might help. And I appreciate you doing this. Um, how far along in your university studies are you? Uh, I've just finished my first year. Okay. So I'm all sorted for the next two, hopefully. <laughs> um, how did you? When did you? When did you start be, uh, following Saints? Are you a lifelong Saints fan? Is that how it works? Um, well. Then no one sort of where, how I grew up. No one really watched football, other than my like 
at school and my friend um I think my friend took me to my first Southampton game years ago. I can't remember the year. But after that first game is when I fell in love with the club. So that's that's all I can say about it. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess, you know, looking back on, on this season, what kind of what kind of stands out to you in this season, either good or bad? Like, were there any moments that you kind of looked at and said, like, you know, that, that's going to be memorable or anything like that? Um, the cup final. Well, winning at Anfield, obviously, being there, that was great. But the cup final always will stand out. And I think one moment in the cup final that will always stand out. Everyone talks about the Gaviadini goal, but it's that Romeo header that hits the post. I think that's how close we were to winning it. I think if that goes in, we'd have won it. Screw the offside goal, you know. That yeah. header goes in, we go through to up. I think we've won that game. I think, if, to be fair, I think if the Gaviadini goal was actually onside, well, it was, but if it was given onside, we'd have won that as well. So I think that they're the two moments of the season that call out to me. Okay. And I guess being up in Manchester, it's probably easier for you to get to United City, Liverpool, Everton, right? Yeah, yeah, I've done a few away days up that way, yeah. What about, how far away are you from Sunderland? Quite a ways still, yeah? Um, about two, three hours, I think. Okay. I did go to Middlesbrough last weekend. And that's that's a bit of a trip too, right? Yeah. You know, I look at I look at the size of England on a map, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's not that big. It can't be that bad. And then I like look at the travel times, I'm like, oh, that's that's terrible. Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like... Uh, from the closest sports professional sports team, I am three hours. That's it. Like if I want to go to a game, I I have to do that. Um, but it's just the way it goes, you know? So uh, I, I guess looking at the, at the season as a whole, um, from the, 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 the style of play, the, our finishing position in the table, um, cup run, all that stuff. What, what, how do you feel about it? Like what's your assessment of the season overall? I'd say on paper, it looks like a good season. I say if you've watched the football that we've watched all season, it's not been a good season. To be honest, you take you take that cup final, you take the cup final out. We were very inconsistent in the Premier League. Well, yeah, we have been. the The home form is worse than we actually went down in two thousand and four and five. The FA Cup was appalling, playing a load of kids against a top quality team like we did, and then playing for a nil nil draw at home in the Europa League in our last game to go through was also a disgrace. So I think cup final aside, it's very, very disappointing compared to this heights we have reached and the heights that the club say they want to continue and push past. Now, do you think people will look at the cup final in that run and say it's been a good season, like regardless of the manager, but uh, that it's been a good season and we should kind of keep our heads up about it? Do you think some people will see it that way? Definitely. I think it's our first major cup final in 14 years, 2003, the FA Cup final, if I'm wrong. Um, I think cup final on top eight, top of the start of the season, you'd have bitten anyone's hand off for that. But I think, I don't know, it's just, I've gone to games and I've just walked out and I've just sighed. I've just been bored, I've just looked and I've just been frustrated. And I think that's what a lot of fans feel. I think they just feel frustrated with because we know the team can give a lot more than they can, and for whatever reason, whether it's the tactics or just, you know, luck, it's just not happened. Yeah, uh, I, I I can understand that. Um, if you had to change one thing, uh, whether it be kind of the system uh, or the style of play or the manager or whatever, what do you think needs to change in order to kind of make this better? Um, I think it needs to start from the top, to be honest. 
I think we need to we we can say all this ambition, you know, crap whatsoever. But at the end of the day, look how many players we sold in the last however many years. I mean, we sold our captain to to West Ham for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Jose Fonte, European Cup winner, goes to West Ham, who finished below us. That doesn't make sense if you can't, you know. You can't keep hold of, you know, even Dane Calloverham, you know, he went for, what, 20 million. He kicked off a fuss and he left because everyone around him was leaving. And I think the board say they want to keep the core of the squad together, but we've let a core of the squad go and they're doing a lot better than we are, bar the odd one or two. Right, right. Now that the season's over, Puel is due to meet with the board. Do you think he's on his way out or do you think he, he stays another year? It's hit and miss. I think... It looks likely either way. I think because of the cup final and top eight, I think the board will look at that and think, yeah, that that's realistically where we could be about. But then I think looking at the football and the results and the feeling of the fans, I mean, I heard he got booed on his lap of honour today. So, you know, I think that can say that all really. And I think if the fans aren't happy with something, I mean, there's massive like controversy in the fans this season out of like, what I've never seen before. There's arguments and bickering, and I think it's all moved down to the manager. And I think if the club really do value the fans that much, he will go. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has been one of those things that is, has di- divided the fan base kind of from the beginning, I think. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. It, I think, like you said at the beginning, if uh, you tell us top eight in a cup final, everybody goes, yeah, sure. And then you watch it happen, and it's like, how, the, how, how did we do that? you know, playing the way we did, you know? And I think um, some other people have said, if you, we can finish in the same spot, but if we just do it, you know, whether we, we draw three, three, it's a, it's a lot different than drawing nil, nil, you know, Uh, if we're going out and scoring goals and doing those things, I think people would be a little bit happier. Uh, Would you agree with that statement? Or do you think, I think last season we scored, we scored 75 goals in less games that we've played this season. I think this season we've only scored 54 and we played about twelve more games. Yeah, not not entirely sure on the maths, but you know, well, not even that. It's like games before, not last season, but the one before. Cummins' first season in card. We beat Sunderland eight nil at home. We beat Aston Villa six one at home. We beat Newcastle four nil at home. That's eighteen goals. I think that's roughly the same amount of goals scored all season this year. And I think that's what frustrates the fans. All right, a lot. I agree. I I, uh, I was up late the night of the Liverpool match. I think we were away, but I had just the yeah. the worst time trying to stay away through that match because uh, it was just nothing going on. No, there wasn't. I don't. We didn't. We didn't register a shot on target all game. And I think people can say it's a good point. If you find that acceptable, then there you seriously need to like give your head a wobble because <laughs> we <laughs> we've been. <laughs> There's, there's no way that a club pushing for where we could be is going to find throwing nil-nil away. Okay, but without having a shot on target, acceptable whatsoever. We didn't even we didn't even look like we were going to score. The minute they got that penalty, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be three or four nil now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily enough, Fraser actually saved the penalty. Yeah. But I think it, it's just not good enough. And we've now gone five games at home without you know, scoring, which is a first in the club's history as far as I'm aware. So, you know, it's it's not good. Yeah. Whatsoever. All right. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we kind of wrap this part up? Um, yeah. Well, I think 
the divide in the fans, I think it comes with the age, to be honest. I think a lot, I've seen on a lot of the forums um, fans saying, oh, we remember football in the 90s and, you know, how times of football was a bit dire and, you know, we'd break through results and we'd stay up on last days and we'd do this, that and the other. And I don't want to sound overly critical, but the 90s started 27 years ago. You know what I mean? It was seven years before I was, well, no, yeah, six years before I was even born. Not that young. Um, and I think the thing is, football, football has changed in a massive aspect. We've not, we've got no financial worries. You know, we should, you know, realistically, we should be pushing a lot harder, you know. And, you know, people can say top eight and a cup final is hard, but I think that shows a lot more ambition than sticking with the guy. Be honest, I think if you can say that's not good enough for Southampton, I think that's taken a step in the right direction to becoming a bigger club. All right. Well, uh, thanks for your time and thanks for uh, doing this. And uh, good luck with the. We got summer off now, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got the whole summer to you know what what all the players leave. <laughs> Don't say that. All right. Um, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Have a good one. And you. Thank you, Aiden, for joining the show from Lincoln. You can find his writing at Reed Southampton, and you can get in touch with him on Twitter and Facebook. Just uh, find Aiden Osman. And now we're going to get to uh, another interview uh, over in Southampton, uh, another return guest. Uh, he runs League One minus 10, and uh, he's back once again. Uh, and I have to say, with the most popular episode we've ever had, uh, here is uh, Glenn Delacour. So, Glenn, thanks for joining us again. And, uh, you know, why don't we just get straight into it and, and give us a, a breakdown of, of what you saw this season and today and, and, all, and all that. I think my opinions have changed a little bit. Um, I think when I spoke to you, I think it was just before we played Chelsea away. And yeah, you were getting ready to go. I, yeah, I was still in the kind of undecided camp with regarded uh, uh, our manager. Um, and uh, that that's changed a little bit. Um, the, the whole home game was... Uh, a bit of a turning point for me. That was um, that was so bad and so inept on so many fronts that uh, yeah, that 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 changed my mind on a lot of things. And nothing has happened since to um, uh, change it back again. Really. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. I think. Um, now, does your son kind of share the same? Same kind of viewpoint because I mean you were you've been around to see the team go down and back up and and kind of yeah. all those yeah. and, and your son and and me because I haven't been a fan you know that long we kind of missed that whole going down and hanging on by the skin of our teeth you know all that stuff so does his does his opinion kind of differ from yours a little bit or are you guys kind of on the same page? Um, I think we're on the same page. Um, I think the difference between me and him uh, he's only twelve um, and so he he. He started going to some areas. It more or less coincided with the um, with the Levers coming in in 2009. Um, so he has only known continual improvement. Th- this is the first season that he's been to that hasn't been particularly entertaining. Um, but you know, he's 12 now. He understands. You know, he knows his stuff. He understands what's what's going on and stuff, and he understands where the clubs come from because I've, I've told him. But I, I think he's found it quite quite difficult this year to be. Uh, to be uh, motivated for some of the games, it's it's been it's been quite hard. And now that's that's not quite true actually. He, he turns up and he's he's all keen, and then after about twenty minutes, it's like this is another rubbish game. This isn't this isn't going anywhere. Um, but I think 
I think he he's, his view differs slightly. I think he's probably this may sound ridiculous coming from me. I think he's, he's slightly less tolerant. <laughs> than I, I think he um, not that he just not that he sits there swearing or anything like that. But I think he's you know because he hasn't known the real bad times. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mouth off about it, but then I, I get a bit philosophical about it later on and, and think, well, you know, we in the 90s, we were always fourth from bottom or whatever. Um, he hasn't really got that to to fall back on. But uh, right. I know he, he's been as disappointed as 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 I have been with some of the stuff that's gone on in the latter half of this season in particular. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And I sometimes I wonder if, it, the, if it's the younger fans who haven't experienced all of that other stuff that are more fed up with it, maybe. And maybe it's some of the fans who have kind of seen how bad it can get, just go like, ah, this, you know, we're okay. But uh, yeah, I think being older gives you a, a little bit more perspective. You know, maybe maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe maybe uh, you know, youngsters these days. But by that I mean sort of fifteen to twenty year olds, I guess. Um, maybe they are a bit less less tolerant um you know growing up with um sky tv telling us how great the premier league is and all that stuff they just uh, maybe find it a bit harder to, to um support a team that doesn't do as well i don't know i don't know yeah it's all i mean it's all weird to me it's all strange you know i'm trying to make trying to make sense of it all and trying to see what's behind all of this and um i i think from my position looking at it what i see is that the people that attend saint mary's that have seen the nil nils and and just you know, the, the lack or game after game after game of just kind of boring lackluster football are super frustrated. And it, you got some people who are, you know, maybe who don't attend all, don't spend their money on the season tickets that are maybe a little bit more tolerant. Um, do, do you think that has, that, that has any truth to it or am I just kind of making too much I, of it? I think some people are naturally, naturally more tolerant than others. Um, I, I don't think it really matters whether you've um, sort of like been to the games or not people can have different points of view on on what they see i mean i've i've seen a lot of things that say you know we we somehow have finished eighth in the league we finished eighth in the league it's in the top half we haven't had many seasons better than that in terms of league position um and we've got to a cup final therefore it's a good season um and in that respect it is um but i do think the premier league this year outside the top seven has been completely shit and I think we've finished top of the shit league within the Premier League. Now, is, is that an achievement? Yeah, maybe. But whatever, whatever, whatever Sky pay to watch the Premier League, if Sky would not pay that to watch the shit league from eighth to twentieth, which is which is what we've been involved in this year. And to be honest, the, the standard of football there there's so many crap teams this year. Um, and you, you've got to look at the ones that that survive. I mean, Watford absolute crap Burnley absolute crap um you know I mean we shouldn't be worried about being in the bottom three next year because there are so many crap teams <laughs> um, you know we just needed to play some more entertaining football this year I mean the number of goals we've got the the lack of points that we've got when compared to previous seasons um and just the general style of football um but uh but there you go. I'm uh, going off on one a little bit now. No, no, no. That's you know. We want to know how you feel. Uh, if you if you change the style, if you make it a bit more attacking, say we we what if we wind up with the same number of points, but we 
and maybe even the same goal difference we have now, but all of those games that we drew nil nil, we sco- we we drew three three. Would you would you feel a bit better about it? Maybe. Um, I think you'd be you'd be a little bit frustrated that you were letting in so many goals, obviously. But um, I think you could say, you know, I think a lot of people would be able to go, well, that was entertaining at least. You yeah. know, we yeah. there's been too many games this year where, for example, if we've gone one nil down, it we're never going to score. We're not creating anything. At least if you're an entertaining attacking side, there's always that feeling like you might get back into it. You know, we, we score we score on average three goals a week. Therefore, we might get one today. You know, it's more than likely we're going to score today. You know, there's been a few of these where we, we haven't scored the first goal and we've had 60 minutes to get a goal back and, and we haven't even had a shot. Right. There's been far too much of that this year where um, there's... there's you know, like in t- today, it, it started relatively brightly for about 10 minutes. And then you like lose time. It's like being in a little coma for 20 minutes. You, you wake up and it's half an hour's gone. And you think, what's happened in the last 20 minutes? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we've gone sideways and backwards and across. And we've, we've fired a cr- few crosses over and we've got one guy in the box. And they've got four. And they always clear it. Uh, and nothing has happened. Um, you know, if, if I don't sit there with a notepad, but if I was sat there with a notepad, I'd be thinking, I haven't, I'll be looking at it thinking, I haven't written anything for 25 minutes because yeah. nothing happens other than, you know, Steve Davis turned around and passed it backwards again. <laughs> and again. So, and again. You know, not just picking on Steve Davis, he's not alone, but, you know, right. that's, it, there's been so little incident in so many of the games. Um, that it, it's, it's just been difficult to watch this year at times. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, well, do you think, I mean, Poel meets with the board here. Uh, actually, it'll be out by the time we, we do this, so maybe this is a stupid question, but you think he goes? Um, overall, I think he goes, yes. Um, I think he deserves to go. I, I also, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, ridiculous things um being being posted um just basic insults to the guy um he doesn't deserve that and i'd like to quite categorically state that i uh i don't support calling him a, a french this or a french that or whatever that's, right right that's, that's just ridiculous i mean the guys the guy's done his job as to the best of his ability but i i don't think that's enough he just seems like the wrong guy for for this sort of job, whether it's English football or or, or whatever, and I guess what the board have got, I guess the discussion um, will be centered around: Do they think he can correct what went wrong this season? And I think he's had enough chances to to modify things a little bit, and and just hasn't done it. You know, down to today, you know, we we never we never put two strikers on. Um, he didn't even have. You see, that drove me nuts today. We had Charlie Austin playing, who was never going to last more than 60 minutes because he, he hasn't played for so long. Right. right. We, we only had one striker on the bench. So Gabbiadini was always going to come on for Austin around the 60-minute mark, but there was no option to play with two strikers. Yeah. You know, just before he made the substitution, we went 1-0 down. So you, you know, a normal manager would be thinking, we need to put two up front now to create some more chances. And... There wasn't that option because for some reason Jay Rodriguez wasn't on the bench and we had both Classy and Hoiberg on there who basically play the same position. Those two are never, never both going to be needed 
as a substitute. So why have both of them on the bench? Right. It, it just seems so set in his way, so negative in his mindset that, um, and he just didn't seem to want to change that. I mean, this this was a nothing game today. Um, as you know, I and mean, it's been totally proved to be a nothing game. We we lost it, and we didn't. Our position in the league table didn't change. Um, you know, he could have gone out to at least be a little bit entertaining. Yeah, I, he could have tried. He could have played Gabbiadini. He could have played um, Buffal. Would have been a more entertaining option than Tadic, even though Buffal wasn't great when he came on. Um, he even could have played Martin Caceres, would it, which at least would have given the home fans a look at the player that we've been paying X thousand pound a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've never seen him play. Um, you know, one game at Middlesbrough and. Uh, uh, and that's it. He, he could have made it a little bit more interesting today, and he had absolutely nothing to lose. Um, but he chose not to. He chose to go down, the, you know, the same way that a lot of games have gone with the, the tried and failed. And um, yeah, it's the definition of madness, isn't it? Keep trying the same things, and and they don't work. It's not suddenly going to change. Right. I think it's worth mentioning as well um, the the European campaign. I think Paul uh-huh. Puel was was bought in specifically because he had European experience and that that European campaign was was diabolical basically but we, we were in a great position after four games to qualify we only needed to win one out of the last two now it, it's like when your kid comes home from school and says I want to play the Xbox and you go well, hang on have you got any homework to do yeah but I'll play the Xbox first and you go no you do the homework first you do the things that you have to do mm-hmm that's what Claude reminded me of with the with the European campaign because he could have gone out to Sparta in the fifth game and gone with the strongest team to win that game and then he could have rested who he liked for the sixth game. But instead of doing that, he played basically the reserves, lost, left it all to the last game and then went for the nil-nil win which would have uh, got us through against Hapoel. And it went wrong. And if, if that's, you know, we, we employed him to be our guide us through the European group and be the uh, the uh, super European manager and and he was crap there as well um, got us to the cup got us to the cup final yeah fantastic great day and everyone will always remember that anyone who went um, but ultimately the you know the league campaign I think has been disappointing and the uh, the European campaign which the club placed a lot of importance on was um, was disappointing as well so yeah, it's a, a two-one defeat for Claude, and I think he's uh, going to be on his way. I think. All right, all right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll see. We'll probably know by the time this comes out. But um... a two-one defeat would mean we scored a f- goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe it's a one-niller. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you so much for for doing this again, and uh, I look forward no to talking problem. to you in the future. No problem, Matthew. All right. Have a good one. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Glenn, for joining us once again. You can find Glenn on Twitter at L1-10, and you can find his blog, league1-10.blogspot.co.uk. Um, so, yeah, thanks thanks a lot, Glenn. I always enjoy uh, talking to you. Um, we're going to stay in England now. We're going to go over to George Maunders. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Maunders1995. That's at M-A-N. M-A, sorry, that's at M-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-1995. So, uh, George, thanks for joining us. And uh, you're, you're from Southampton. You, you go to the, are you a season ticket holder or anything like that? Or what, what's, your, what's your kind of connection there? No, no. I don't go to the, uh, the home games anymore just because the, uh, 
the atmosphere is quite dead. Not gonna lie, it's uh, there's only one end of the stadium that really gets any noise. The other end's just quiet, silent, and a bit just dead. Especially this season, it's been dreadful. So, but I like going to away games much more. Okay, is it just because the those fans that go to the away games tend to be a little bit more vibrant? I guess a little bit more into it. Is that is that part yeah, of the yeah. deal? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is a bit more um, active and singing rather than like some some parts of the stadium you sit and you sing and you're like one of twenty around you that are singing. Until someone scores a goal or something, and everybody gets mental, obviously. But then, yeah, there's that. What was your best away trip this this season? Would you say best away trip this season? <laughs> oh god, uh, you're gonna laugh. I haven't seen us win in eight away games. Oh my god, <laughs> eight away games. Haven't seen us win. The last away game I went to was um, Hull away. I think it was when we lost two one. We conceded two in two minutes. That was quite fun. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I guess looking back on the whole season, you know, you, you you just you don't sound like it's been a really enjoyable experience. What what um, you know? You, how do you feel about the season as a whole? Disappointing from a performance point of view, but the points tally is better or decent. It's wave, but we've just played some dreadful football. I went to a I went to Hull at home. And we looked like a League One, League One, League Two side. It was awful. We couldn't string passes together. But it's the way Poirot is managing our team. It's just, we, we cannot, we don't have the quality defensively to sit back and just let teams have that much possession every game. But yeah, I'm a Poirot, I'm a Poirot out guy, unfortunately. Well, I, I, I don't, he, uh, I don't think you're alone in that, you know. Yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot, but it's very divided. I thought it'd be more Poirot out than Poirot in, but I see on Twitter there's a lot of people that actually think he's a good manager, but I just, I don't know, I don't I don't feel it with him. The players don't seem very happy playing the way we are, because we, we're playing Nathan Redmond, basically left wing back every game, we play a big team, it's just, they don't seem like they want to play that sort of system. Right. And there's Obviously, as well, subs are dreadful. Do you think maybe the lack of entertainment, the lack of the the, the system that we're choosing to play, yeah. is is the is the biggest kind of um, yeah. negative thing about it, or is very, that? Yeah, it's very soap pressure and just counter and hope. That's what sort of style we're playing. But I mean, the only time that worked was against Liverpool, and Liverpool have that sort of problem against every team so but yeah it's a very boring sort of system to play but I would prefer to finish one point above the relegation zone and play good football and entertaining football than play like West Brom or what like West Brom so you think do you think Powell goes in the next few days I don't think he will go I think I don't think the board have the balls to sack him because I just I don't see it happening, but I want him to, yes. Just because he's not, I don't know, he's not the right man for the job. Clearly, it's evident by our season. I mean, we got to a cup final, but I mean, we didn't win it. We, we can't for the next ten years be like, oh, remember that time we got to the cup final and lost? Just so like, well, it, yeah. If I'm right, didn't Aston Villa get to a cup final two years ago? And look where they're at now, you know. 
and now they're that is a danger next season if we don't either sack Quayle or bring in some decent players we are going to be a relegation battle side we are it's just it's against the lesser teams that we can't seem to perform very well like Stoke today that was dreadful 1-0 we haven't scored for six home games as well that's just it's it that yeah it's bad it's bad if uh if Puel stays do you still you still go to some away matches next year or you just kind of listen on the radio what do you what do you you know do you think people will still show up to the stadium no I don't think so not I saw on Twitter so many people didn't renew their season tickets because they want to know what's going on with the manager first so I don't think they've got as many solid season ticket holders right now okay. just because the way you've performed this year but yeah, I don't know. It's an odd one. Yeah, it is. It is. The, we've had Ronald Koeman, Mauricio Pochettino. I mean, they're top-class managers, so he's got a lot to live up to. But If I if I kind of had to ask you to sum up the season in in a word or two or a phrase, what would you what would you say? Uh, underwhelming. I would say underwhelming, probably. That would be the perfect word to describe our season. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, what do you have? You have anything else you you think about the season or that you'd like to say? Um, I think Joe Rodriguez is going to go. Unfortunately, he looks like an almost certain to go because he's just he looks so frustrated. He scores a goal, gets dropped, scores a goal, and then gets dropped. I think he. I think either him or Long. I don't think we're going to have them strikers next season no and i think i actually think long getting hurt probably makes it more likely that jay rodriguez is the guy who goes yeah it's hard to sell somebody who's out yeah i I mean i don't know where we would be without oriel though. the guy is an absolute god yeah everything does he's just so underrated so so underrated without him and um cedric Cedric's been class this season as well. Every time he's played, yeah, I've been. I mean, he, he's really he has done it this season. Those are two guys that have done it, and not a lot of yeah. you can't. But you can't say that about enough of the enough of the rest of the squad, I guess. No, no, I feel like uh, James Will Prowse has stepped up a level for sure. Because last season he was, or yeah, last season he, I wanted him to just go to the championship, get some game time, but he looks like he's improved quite a bit. After the England call-up and all that about his uh, career, hopefully he steps up next season. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hope he keeps it going. Yeah, we'll wait and see, I guess. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you uh, you being willing to do this. And sorry, sorry, it's so late over there. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. All right, man. Cheers. Talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. And once again, thank you for joining the show there, George. Uh, I always do appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you more on Twitter. You can find him on Twitter at Maunders1995. That's M-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-1995. And now we're going to go over to Rich Brill. And Rich uh, is not not on Twitter, but you can find him on Facebook. You just search up uh, Rich Brill. And uh, he contacted me. I posted in in one of the forums or one of the groups there. And uh, he said he'd be willing to uh, talk about it. And so uh, having never ever spoken to him really um you know a few texts back and forth and then we were we were on the phone talking so um here is rich and rich thanks for joining us and uh 
you know, just once again, um, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over, but a little bit about you and then uh, about the team and uh, kind of what you made of the season. Yeah, cool. Well, name's Rich. Um, early 30s. Lived in Southampton all my life. Not really much I can say with regards to that. Uh, became a Saints fan quite late, to be honest. When I was young, I kind of followed the trains, supported the big club, Glory Hunter, as they say. I uh, was Man United when I was young, purely because my, my family was Arsenal fans and I wanted to stick it to them, as yeah. they say. <laughs> um, but, you know, I grew up, I kind of decided that if I wanted to be a football fan, then I wanted to be a fan that was able to get to games uh, geographically, although financially it's not possible. But obviously I got a lot more chance being a Saints fan living a couple of miles from the stadium rather than sort of two, three hundred miles. So, yeah, it's, that's about it, really, on the background of it. Um, my first Saints match was, I think it was the 4-0 drubbing of Tottenham in the FA Cup, where the year we got to the final. Um, the atmosphere of the game, everything, just it, it, it felt like home in a football sense. So, you know, I, I decided to switch allegiance and never looked back, really. Obviously, we've gone through some hard times between then and now. But thankfully, we've come through the other side and we're doing really well in comparison. Um, but this season, it's it's been a tough season, I think. Um, top 10 for a fourth year running, eighth minimum for a fourth year running. Uh, in that sense, you can say it's been successful. Uh, obviously, with the EFL Cup final, you can say it's been successful. But... The way we're playing is, I'll agree with the majority, it's boring. Um, Pugh, although I have been saying he, in a sense, he's done better than Pochettino by finishing in the same position and getting to a final. Yes, it's better than Pochettino done, but points wise, 46 points on another season, you could be relegated with that. Unlucky, but it's certainly possible. Yeah, it's as I say, it's been a tough season. Uh, for a fan, especially for the players. Uh, as the season's gone on, I have seen improvements. Um, obviously, we started the season really bad. Uh, I'm fortunate with having United away quite early. It's always a tough place to go to. Uh, but certainly not the greatest start we've had. Uh, got better as the season went along. Pule sort of changed the way that we were playing. Uh, changed it to a bit more of a 4-2-3-1. A lot more attacking, but unfortunately it's uh, it's not happened the past couple of, well, past five games at least at home. Uh, I think we've been really unlucky with Austin being out, Van Dijk being injured, but Jack Stevens has come in and done a fantastic job. Yoshida's improved massively as the season's gone on. Um, Font Leaving in January, I think after winning the Euros, he felt that he was better than Saints and obviously didn't get the move that he clearly wanted. And, well, we all see how West Ham done after that. <laughs> Always happy to see West Ham do poor. Uh, I like them as a club. They're very family-orientated like us, but some of the fans are a little bit delusional in some senses. 
they seem to think that they're better than they are. Uh, I've always said that you're only as good as your last game and over the course of the season you're only as good as where you finish. Luckily we got eighth. Uh, obviously in the last game there were a few moments that looked like we were going to drop down a tenth but fortunately results went our way. Not overly happy finishing on the same points as Bournemouth but you know it goes to show just how well Bournemouth are doing these days. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, what else do you want to know, buddy? <laughs> well, yeah. So, so, you know, we finished level with, with Bournemouth, but we get ahead of them on goal difference and stuff. But do you think their fans will look at this season and be a lot maybe happier with how things went than, than most Saints fans? I think their fans are going to be ecstatic with how well this season's gone. Uh, a, a mid-table, top half of the table finish for Bournemouth is a fantastic season for them. Uh, what is it, second season in the Prem? Third season, second season in the Prem, and they're already so. they're already hitting mid table. It shows just how well the club's being run. Absolutely. Would you say that one of the issues maybe a lot of fans in Southampton have is the fact that we're just not scoring? That it's not exciting? Is that if we were scoring more goals and finish in the same place on the same points, you know, maybe like Bournemouth did, uh, where they're just scoring but conceding more? Do you think fans would would be a little bit more lenient with Puel that way? Well. Watching the Stoke game, um, the commentator actually came up with a very good point where if the home and away uh, results and form had been switched, obviously the away results were the, were what, the home results, uh, I think the fans would be a lot happier. Um, like I say, we're just really unlucky with, with injuries, with Austin being out. Obviously, he was out since December and still managed to finish the season as our top scorer. It just shows how poor... The second half of the season has been for goal scoring. Obviously, Gabbiadini came in and started fantastically. Um, six games, six goals in his first four or five games or something. Um, and unfortunately, he, he got a knock. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't quite come back the same. But I think we got lucky with the fact that he came in and was absolutely on fire. Uh-huh. Well, he was hungry to prove himself because he hadn't really had the playing time in Italy. And when he came in and... and and did that for us. It really gave us a boost, and, and that was a, a good period of the season. Then when he got hurt, I think it was against Tottenham, he had to come off early, and uh, he hasn't been the same since he came back. But, you know, hopefully the summer gets him some rest and he comes back and can, can do it again, and hopefully him and Austin can find a way to play on the pitch at the same time. Fingers crossed that'll be great. Uh, the, the, to be honest, the way, if you look at, um, look at the stats that he had over in Italy, although it was only, I think it was three or four goals in... 11 games, if you actually look at physical playing time, a lot of those games were as a sub. Mm-hmm. Um, physical playing time, I think it works out at about five games overall. So three or four goals in effectively five games minutes-wise is a fantastic return. Although we paid a lot of money for him, and obviously if all of the money does go over, it does turn out to be a record signing, I think We've stolen him, really. It's, it's, it's a steal for what he can do. Absolutely. Now, you know, uh, Puel's due to meet with the, the board, I guess sometime today. It might have already happened or it might be happening. What do you think his future looks like at the club? Um, if the board listens to the fans, I don't see a future for him. Um, if the board look at it that we finished eighth, we've had a cup final it's possible that he could stay. Um, 
well, to be fair, looking at it that way, there's every chance that he's going to stay. Um, personally, I really don't know what I want. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of giving, giving someone time to prove themselves. You look back over the course of history, you look at Alex Ferguson, his first season of Man United, they wanted to sack him. Obviously, if that had happened, United wouldn't be a scratch of what they are now. Right. Um, I'm not saying, obviously, Pugh will take us to League and Champions League glory in the next few years, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but as, as nice as it would be, but it's been proven time and time again, if you give someone a chance, the nine times out of ten, it does work out. It's been a bad overall points-wise and playing-wise. It's been a bad first season. But if you look at position and what, how we've done in the Cups, take out the FA Cup, obviously playing the youth against a very good Arsenal side, a side in which I think all but one of their players has played Champions League football, uh, it, that was a very, very bad game. But uh, you look at the other Cups, you look at the league, although points haven't gone our way, but finishing eighth, it's, you could say, like I said before, it's, it's been a successful season. All right. It's just a case of needing to build on that now. Um, the, the one worry that I have is if we do get rid of him, who exactly is out there that could replace and be an improvement on him? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is on that one. You know, I don't know who's. <laughs> I don't know who's coming in or what they're looking at. But we'll we will see. All right, man. Thank you so much for your help. No worries. All right. Have a good day. And yourself. I'll speak to you again soon. Once again, that was Rich Brill. He is not very active on Twitter, but you can find him on Facebook at Rich Brill. And uh, we did a video chat. And so one of the things that I asked is I kind of made a, we both made a joke uh, about the, the room he was sitting in was blue. The shirt he was wearing was blue, um, which is not red. And so, uh, of course, we had to make the joke. But um, the uh, the shirt that he was wearing was quite interesting. The um, Rich's daughter has epilepsy. Um, and one of the things that he does... Uh, as much as he can is tries to help raise awareness for um, epilepsy. And there's a group called Epilepsy Action. And I've put the links to both of those, both the UK and the US web-based website in uh, the show notes. So if you are um, maybe unfamiliar with epilepsy or you would like some more information on that, you can find uh, the links to those websites there. And uh, I've also put the Epilepsy Action logo the best I could um, on the map um, where uh, next to Rich's name, just so you can... uh, if you have any questions, you can you can do that. So, uh, thank you, Rich, for doing that. And thank you for um, allowing me to help kind of uh, help you spread the word about epilepsy action and uh, uh, help spread the word about epilepsy. So, um, thank thank you for for that. And um, that's that's all for the UK. We're gonna we're gonna move out of the UK. Uh, we're gonna jump over to um, the UAE. We're gonna join uh, Lloyd Collins. So, Lloyd, uh, you know, I have some questions for you uh, about the season and all that. But before we do that, why don't you just uh, Tell me how how long have you been uh, living in the UAE or living outside of uh, the UK, and then we'll get to uh, the season and and all that. Uh, my name's Lloyd Collins. I'm originally from uh, the New Forest, which is in between Southampton and Bournemouth, and I'm currently living in the UAE. I've been out of the country for eight years, so I've been in Dubai for five years, and I was in Kuwait for three years prior to that. And lifelong Saints fan. Lifelong, yeah. Um, ever since my dad took me when I was ten. All right. I guess looking back on the uh, on the season, right? Uh, you're watching from afar, so it's maybe a little bit different because we're not in the stadium, and I'm I'm with you on that. But uh, what kind of stood out to you th- this season for uh, uh, 
whatever that whatever you you kind of noticed well it's a, it's a weird one because when i was talking to the guys here and, and even my friends back at home pre-season it was all oh yeah if we get 10th or 11th or even eight and a cup run that'd be really cool if we have a few games in europe that'd be great so if you look at it rationally um eighth and a cup final looks amazing but there's just something wrong with the team it doesn't feel right and um and, it, and that's the thing. And certainly yesterday, it was just really frustrating. And I, I've spent the last sort of five games watching um, the Saints and just growling most of the time because they keep missing or they, they go so far at the pitch and then they stop. And it's almost like they're waiting for the opposition defence to line up. And, and it's just really frustrating. And it, it's not gelling at all. And um, I don't know what can be done about it. It's really, really weird feeling. Yeah, and, and for me, watching on TV, I kind of noticed the similar similar things. It seems like you know we get a guy out on a break, and then he looks up, and there's there's nobody to cross to, there's nothing to do, there's there's nothing we can we can do that way, and so it's and then it kind of stagnates, and I don't it doesn't really seem like we maybe have the players to to just kind of sit there and unpick the lock if if we let the defense set up, you know. Sorry, I was I was gonna say, I mean that was really evident yesterday. We were just like these crosses coming in and the, the, the real simple thing is just to be around the penalty spot and yet there's no player there or there's a player on the near post but no one bombing in behind and it's just really frustrating because you think we'll just gamble I mean what's the worst that can happen you miss it there's players that are back the system allows the players to push forward because uh, players go back and you saw it yesterday with Davis when he cleared off you know cleared off the line he was doing that last minute defending it's because Yoshida or um Stevens have gone up, so there's a system that allows for that, yet they don't seem to sort of gamble on that last third, and it's just really frustrating, because Suarez is putting good crosses in, and then um, then uh, Bertrand's putting good crosses in, and nobody's there to finish them off, and even when there is someone there, they seem to be shooting at the keeper, and not either side. Um, you know, the commentator was saying, oh, um, yeah, um, Butland's having a great game, he's putting all these great saves. Well, he will do if the ball's coming straight at him. And he wasn't really having to get down too much. Yeah, he was able to stay on his feet, I guess, for the most part. Um, kind of looking at the entire season, um, everything from the, the the place we finished to the style of play and all that stuff, do you, would you consider it a success now looking back at it? And I know we, we looked at it for, uh, from the at the beginning and said, you know, an eighth and a cup run would be great. But looking back at it, would you could you call it a success? With hindsight, no. I, I, I was sort of looking at sort of the results going back. I think the thing for me that really stuck out is we dropped, I think as of yesterday, 33 points from sides that are below the top six. So Everton down. And we dropped 33 points. And, you know, we watched, I've watched a lot of games this year. and It's the same thing over and over again. I mean, Hull City away was a classic example. Uh, 15 minutes all over them. And... If we put one goal in, that game would have been ours. They would have crumbled. But we didn't. They rallied. They won. And it's been that kind of season. Uh, And on top of that, I'd say um, the other disappointing thing has been, uh, certainly in Europe, I think really had a a, a relatively easy group. And again, it just seemed to lack conviction because who else is going, oh, no, we need to rotate rotate the sides. For what reason? We're not going to win the league. But we're a lot better than ten of those sides. I, we, I've seen some absolute dross this season, 
um, so teams were playing. So there was no way I think we were going to go down. But at the same time, why not put a really attacking side out in Europe um, rather than save their legs for the following Sunday? And it was the same with the FA Cup game. Uh, it was a golden opportunity to put out a weak Arsenal side and then we put out an equally weak side. And as soon as they put named the lineup, we all sat there going, well, this is going to be about 4-0. And it was in the, in the end, it's 5-0. And to me, those have been the two big disappointments this year. Is just the opportunities we've had to have success were in the cup competitions. We've done really well in one, but the other two we could have done really, really well. And um, they didn't bother. Yeah. And you're not the only one that feels that way. Uh, talking to other people from <laughs> oh, everywhere. Imagine- it's it's coming it's coming in from from a lot of different people so and and for me i'm just trying to kind of make make sense of it and see you know i sometimes i think people go like well you know uh, some of the younger fans we only know success we don't understand what it was like uh in the early 2000s or even in, in the 90s or anything like that and so and i get that and i don't ever want to come off like i'm uh entitled or expecting us to 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 do you know to finish sixth or seventh every year because i understand that that's you know that's not why i chose southampton i didn't choose southampton because they they were going to be in the in the champions league or the europa league places every year you know but the season was frustrating and some of the games were not you know they weren't fun to watch even no they weren't it was just it's just pure frustration i think and that's the thing i mean because if you again as i said you look at it rationally all the sides below us like we'll take eighth all the sides below us would go we'll take a cup final but it's the way we went about it, apart from the League Cup run. Uh, the League Cup run was the, the exception to the rule. And I think that's almost in spite of them as opposed to because of what they did. Right, right. Um, going forward, I, I know Puel is meeting with uh, the board today. Do you think that he, he goes? Do you think he needs to go? Or, you know, what, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh man, I am. Um, it's a bit like um, when you're at the blackjack table and you're dealt 17. Do you stick or do you twist? Um, and I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. You, you keep with a guy and you know what you're going to get. But they could ultimately turn around and go, oh, let's go for this new manager. And it goes completely wrong. Um, so I really don't know. I mean, 10 games ago, I'd have gone, yeah, give him one more season. I think now, I don't know. I think maybe he needs to go. I mean, there's something wrong. The players don't seem very cohesive. And, um, yeah, the, the fans at the ground are extremely frustrated. You heard it yesterday, you know, the booing yeah. at halftime. I, I heard that even when they were doing the walk rounds, Top Puel had to be kind of coaxed into it. And, like, there was a lot of booing going on. So things aren't well there. I, I'm feeling the board will look at season ticket sales. And that might just push him in a direction that does that. I think the other thing as well is that players' agents will start going, my boy's not very happy. Um, you know, we want X, Y, Z, or we're looking to get out. And, and the, the whole project might start unraveling. And I think Southampton being the club they are with the setup they've got, they're probably in a better position than most clubs to actually say, Do you know what, this isn't quite working out. Let's go. But I don't know. It's a toss of a coin, really, isn't it? Yeah. My gut says, you know, go. Yeah, I, I've been, well, I've definitely been, give them time. It takes time. Things take time. But I, I think if you look at the, 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 the people that pay their, their good hard-earned money to go to the ground every single week, 
and watch they if they are not happy they are they the players are going to feed off them and if that if that atmosphere isn't good and and that situation becomes untenable then i don't think you can hold on to the manager even if you really do believe he can turn it around eventually you know because i just i'm not sure that 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 you can do that yeah you 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 end up with a very poisoned atmosphere i mean uh, arsenal's a good example of that i mean you see how divided the arsenal fans have been this season um and I mean, that's just been a massive soap opera. And you can see that frustration and transferring onto the field. I mean, some of their players have just been unbelievably terrible. I, I think I saw um, the game they played and, and Walcott scored. And there's no joy there. They were just like, oh, OK. And it's because of the bad atmosphere around the ground. And sometimes it's that that needs to happen. I mean, I, I, I remember years ago in the 90s, I, I, was, I remember in Bramford, being there and the massive Bradford out, you know, um, games where we were just literally chanting for the whole game, Bradford out, Bradford out, and it and it just poisons the atmosphere and um, you know and and, it, and it's not good, it really isn't good and um, when when he goes there's a lift, and um, you can hear you you'll get it generated from the fans of the pitch and, and and the players will have a big jolt and stuff like that so I don't know it, it it's a really you know um, interesting sort of situation where the, the club's found itself in you know they've been successful but at the same time they've got a manager who just isn't quite clicking it's going to be interesting i know and things are going to if they're going to happen they're probably going to happen somewhat soon we have the whole summer to you know build the team around the new manager or the current manager or whatever's going to happen but we'll have to see how the how everybody reacts to that all right well you have any any other thoughts on the season um, I suppose, I mean, the obvious highlight was the cup final. And um, I mean, it, was, it was great to see Saints in the cup final um, for the first time in years, but also really be in that cup final. Um, in the last one, 2003, the kind of, the result was kind of on, you know, written on the wall within about two, three minutes. Um, but this one was a proper nail biter. And it was, it was great to see what we can do as a team. And I think you saw it there. Um, I think the other highlight for me has definitely got to be the Inter win. I mean, that, even if they're having a bad season, or they were having a bad season at that point, it's still it's into Milan, and we beat into Milan, and no one thought that was going to happen. Right. So that was a proper highlight. For me. And I mean, the, the disappointments I've already sort of mentioned already, but you know, um, and it's been one of those seasons. It's been a real highs and some real lows, but I think ultimately it's going to be one of those seasons where it won't last in the memory. No, you're probably right. It probably you, you might people might remember getting to the cup final, but even years on you know, we lost, so that's going to, it's going to fade. And, and I guess we still have to go back to 76 since we won one. So that's, that's really going to be the year that everybody talks about. So yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we got a JTP a few years ago as well. That was a great day out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think, I think we're good. I think we got it. Good one. You too, man. Later. Yeah. See you later. And thank you, Lloyd, for calling in. You can find Lloyd on Twitter at LloydYC1979. That's L-L-O-Y-D-Y-C-1979. And we've got one more interview for you. We're going to make the trip over uh, back to the United States, to the West Coast. Uh, another guy who suffers from the 4.30, 7 a.m. kickoff affliction. Uh, not that we're complaining about it or anything, but uh, it is something that we have in common and will get to talk about because we don't really get to talk about it that often. So uh, Mike is part of the PDX Saints. Uh, so Mike, why don't you give us, uh, some background on you, uh, and about how you became a saints fan and all that stuff. And then we'll get into, to the season and, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? Okay. 
Um, I'm Mike. Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon, United States. Um, I've lived here for, uh, well, uh, since about 2010, and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I've been here since I was very young. Um, been a Saints fan since uh, God, about 2011. Um, I think one of the, the first games that I actually got to watch was uh, was the promotion game uh, when they went from the championship up to the premiership. And that's probably still one of the absolute highlights of, of my time as a Saints fan. But it, it's nice to uh, talk to somebody who also has to you know, deal with the 7 a.m. kickoff you know, almost on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, I think it's a unique challenge that a lot of people who are from that region won't fully understand, especially because, you know, um, like, I don't know about you, but I don't really have, um, particularly strong ties to that area. Um, if I really have to like be honest with myself, I kind of picked saints out of a hat, you know, um, and like I picked them, they didn't pick me. They weren't my hometown team. So um, there's a different level of, of work that you have to put into following a club like Saints um, because it's, it's not always easy to, to watch those games, especially um, you know, prior to the, the promotion. Um, it was virtually impossible to, to watch a game. Um, you know, my, my friend Damien, who is a lifelong saints fan would have to listen to um radio casts mm-hmm. of, of of the games in order to have any idea of what's going on um so it's it's um you know it's it's a it's an interesting sort of relationship that that people like you and i, I think will will develop with the club um or have developed with the club and will continue to de- to develop with the club and the fans um uh, because our relationship with the you know, what the team is just a little bit different. I think, and I've been talking to people about this lately. It's like, you know, it's, it is, it is work for us to get up and and do that. But I, sometimes I think it's easier than having to shell out for a season ticket. Because if you don't shell out for a season ticket living in England, there's a good chance you're going to have to listen to the radio because you can't watch all the matches on TV. Like we're kind of, we're kind of spoiled other than the time thing, you know, like East coast would just be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, that's that's fair. I, I guess I didn't really realize that um, telecasts were, were so hard to come by over there. I, mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because that's sort of how it is with uh, like MLS coverage in, in the United States. Um, things get blacked out because of local coverage, right. and I'm pretty sure that's the same for virtually any other sport. Um, so, uh, But I just hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, so. I didn't know that either until I was talking to a few people who said, you know, like, you know, watch the match. And they're just like kind of laughed and said like, no, I gotta listen to it on the radio or, or find some sort of illegal stream. And I'm just like, well, that is, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that's not okay. So, uh, it, it is, it is definitely different, but I think that gives you and I a little bit different kind of perspective. And I was wondering, you know, looking at the club over the season, me watching from afar, like it's easier for me to just, I, I can fall asleep during the Liverpool game and nobody's going to say anything to me because nobody knows, you know? Right. Uh, but if you're, if you've driven, made the drive, you know, that's one end of England to the other and you've, you've spent the money, all of a sudden you're kind of expecting something a little bit different, you know? Um, so like, how would you, when you look at the season, what do you think about the season from uh, just the season that we've had? Um, I mean, it's a it's sort of a complicated question because um, if you just sort of take it at face value, um, I think we did 
pretty well for for some of the challenges that we had at the early part of the season um, with injuries, with a new manager coming in, and all that. Finishing 10th with the cup final is not bad at all, um, especially given that, you know, I mean, yeah, we finished 8th and 6th in years prior, but I think with a, a change of system and, and all that, I feel like it's it's maybe not the season that we had hoped for, and we definitely didn't see the football that we wanted to see, I think. But I think to to call it a, a you know a, a failure or anything like that is isn't really fair to the uh, the accomplishments that that the club sort of achieved. And I think it's sort of you know bringing it back just a little bit to um, how I picked Saints. I, I don't like the idea of following like a a Chelsea or a Man United, a team that is sort of like a institutional winner, you yeah. know. Um, because that sort of seems to take some of the joy out of the actual wins when you really don't know if you're going to do it or not, but you believe that you can. Um, I feel like there's a lot more joy in those results. Um, and so I just, I never really like to come into a season, you know, expecting that this is where we have to finish or else it's a failure. You know, um, at the end of the day, I get to watch this club that I thoroughly enjoy, uh, watching play. Um, I get to interact with with fans of of the club that are, for the vast majority, uh, with very few exceptions, you know, pretty good people, and um, and all that. So that's sort of my metric of success. But as but in, you know, breaking it down to the the actual performance, there's a lot of there's a lot of positives to be taken from this season. Right. I don't know if that does that does that kind of answer your question. I know I sort of talked around. No, 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 bit, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um, so, like when I when I look at the season, like for me, you know, you asked me at the beginning of the season, you take an eighth place finish, you take a, a, a deep run into a cup. You, I'd say yes, that, that'd be great. And I think uh, from what I've learned, just talking to people, what I what I what I think I've learned anyway, is that for most people, it's not where we finished in the league. It's it's how we got there, and. Mm-hmm. I, I think people would have been happier had they had we scored, you know, 10, 15 more goals and, and conceded 10 or 15 more goals because at least they would have felt like they were entertained and they were getting something for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And then I had a couple of people say, you know, even if you just switch the home and away form, that would be enough because then, then when we're going to St. Mary's, we're, we're seeing goals and we're seeing wins. And if you go on the road and draw nil, nil, okay, that happens, you know? Right. Um, th- does that, does that feel right to you? Does that feel like the same thing to you? Or, or do you think we have a, maybe too much of a different perspective because we're over here? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's sort of an inter- interesting point because, uh, in a way, every game is an away game for us, you know? Um, because we're having to watch them all telecast and, you know, um, it just sort of comes down to, um, the background of the the stadium and the and the atmosphere that gets provided by the fans, and that's really sort of the main difference for for someone like me. Um, but I mean, but I but I think that's that's a, a a very fair point that you sort of expect to, you know, try and draw on the road and win at home, and um, you know, or or you know, get results on the road, wins or draws, right? Um, with the assumption that you know some losses will happen somewhere in there. And and I definitely agree. Um, if I was a season ticket holder, I'd probably be fairly upset by the the, the lack of, of goals, especially at home, uh, especially at the, after that that last run. Um, what was it like five games at home, four or five? Yeah, yeah. Um, without a single goal scored, like that would be infuriating for me. 
uh, to have to, to to be shelling out money for for that uh, as a season ticket holder and and not getting to to have any of the moments that sort of draw you to the matches in the first place. But you know, again, it's it's football, and so up to a point, having expectations, I, I feel like, is is sort of dangerous um, because you because you might get to you might get to see a you know a, a eight nil. Uh, win against the Sunderland, and you know, then you might see uh, uh, you know a, a, a complete dismantling at the hands of somebody else at home. Yeah, and so and so, kind of looking at all of that, and with that, what, what you just said in in your mind, like, how much of the blame do you think can be placed on the manager? Um, uh, <laughs> it's hard. It, again, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say because there seems to me like so many moving parts with the 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 back office um you know you never really know what's happening with um with the people with the you know um the people ha- who who pull the strings um handle the finances especially with the the sort of the talk about new ownership coming in and, and all that like i have a hard time believing that that's got nothing to do with what's gone on but um at the end of the day the substitutions um are the manager's call and um, I feel like Puel has sort of demonstrated a certain um, hard-headedness, maybe uh, stubbornness would yeah. probably be a better better way to describe it um, about sticking to his system, which I can I can appreciate because I feel like he's got faith in in his, in his abilities and all that. And I frequently got frustrated watching Komen because I I had no idea exactly what was happening. I just knew that it was effective. Um, whereas I feel like at least with Puel, I understand what he's trying to accomplish, even if I don't agree with it. Um, and unfortunately I think the the results just sort of haven't come and he hasn't adjust made the necessary adjustments during the match. Now what happens at the training field and, and all that, um, that I don't know. Um, obviously he's got a lot to do with, with all of that. Um, I, it would be interesting to see if he can, um, fix some of the, the sort of systemic issues that are are rearing their heads um, because these are these are not the types of issues I'm used to seeing with Saints, you know? Right. Um, like, I'm, I'm used to seeing there being um, maybe some, some chemistry issues or, or problems with um, the system fitting players' uh, natural talents and stuff like that. You know, this seems like there's kind of a at times a lack of of drive from some of the players, and I can't tell to what extent that has to do with the manager. But I feel like there must be some he must have a hand in that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for as long as I've watched, I haven't really noticed that. I think maybe once or twice I saw it with Wanyama last year, mm-hmm. and Kuman put it to, put a stop to it immediately. Right. And and next time Wanyama came in, he that was gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there have been those issues, especially with the player that I really, really like, like Ryan Burchin has, has seen that way a couple of times. And that yeah. is, that is frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. It seems like more and more, I hear more and more people that were kind of on the fence about him or maybe even defending Puel a little bit are starting to move to the, he's got to go. And it's, it's basically down to style and entertainment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't really, you know, I can't begrudge people that, that, you know, I gotta, I gotta, at this point I'd, I'd be okay if you went. And that's really the first time I've, I've said that, you know? 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think I agree with you for, for the most part. The only, the only reservation that I have is I feel like if we're really going to um, progress, you know, um, in quotation marks, pro- progress, uh-huh. um, I, I feel like we need to have a, a stable manager. And um, now whether that's pure or not, I, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent about, but um, it's, it's sort of frustrating to, to see, you know, um, what four managers rotate through um, in, in a, a relatively short period of time. Um, and I feel like that has a lot to do with our player turnover. Um, and, you know, I would, I, would, I would be curious as to whether or not um, Puel Sting would positively or negatively affect our retention of players. And I think if it if it allows us to keep a few players that we would otherwise lose that we wouldn't want to lose, namely like a Van Dyke or something like that, you know, then I would probably be in favor of him staying. But if he's got something to do with uh, players wanting to leave, I I think I would rather lose Puel than say Bertrand or um, you know like a, I actually really like uh, Hoiberg, but I don't think he's getting any minutes, and I have a feeling he probably wouldn't want to stay at the you know at the club if he's if he's not going to be uh, a regular part of the team so uh, that's sort of that's sort of my take on it i all guess right. yeah um, no no um all right well anything else kind of stand out for you uh from this season that you think needs needs mentioning um i'm sort of a sucker for uh defensive players uh really stepping up and and I think with um, the emergence of Jack Stevens as a as a you know legitimate option as a center back uh, is a huge positive. Um, you know, I, I I I rarely get to see a player who's as young as he is play a role as crucial as a center back can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really encouraging to me to to get to see a player like that. Um, develop and really rise to the occasion um and i also like the fact that um yoshida has has stepped up in a big way um those were you know i think he had really big shoes to fill with um font leaving and van dyke being injured and not being a part of the team um and i think he did remarkably well um especially given his his prior form i really didn't think that he had it in him to to do what he did. And I think he proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and I'm actually very pleased to be wrong about that. Uh, because I, I feel like center backs are quite possibly the most important position on the, on the field. Yeah. I, I would not have thought that, that was going to work, you know, but I think <laughs> at some point, maybe we have to look at Puel and go like, he got that out of Yoshida and he brought Stevens. Maybe Stevens was that good to begin with, but you know, he's gotten the chance and I think sometimes we have to give him some credit, even if, you know, the system and the, the style of play doesn't really fit us, uh, or what mm-hmm. we want it or what we expect. Maybe there are some things that he has done, uh, remarkably well. And I think the bringing the youth through and kind of helping develop some players has really been it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and to that point, I think, um, I think James Ward press was always going to improve, but, um, I, I feel like he uh, he improved in a in 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 a very demonstrable way um, through getting minutes, um, you know, and 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 his involvement in the team, and that's also really encouraging for me because I, I 
I really hope that that we can retain him as a player because he's it's it's a great joy to to get to see um, a player like him um, kind of come into his own, and I think he's got a lot of years ahead of him of, of very good quality football. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so I guess last question: Do you think Puel stays or do you think he goes? Um, I think he goes. Um, I think there are, are just. I think it's unprecedented that that Saints fans would would have such strong opinions about a, a manager leaving, and I think that the front office is going to have to hear that. Um, I, I, I I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to respond to that, um, especially with it affecting. I think I was seeing on Twitter earlier today that there are a lot of people making phone calls from from. Uh, the season ticket officers asking why people aren't renewing. Um, and I, I think that they will likely take that feedback and, and use it to, to bring in another manager. All right. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you once again, being flexible with yesterday. No, no trouble at all. Um, um, I guess I do have one more question. If, oh, you, yeah. if you could take one player from the Timbers and put them on the Saints squad, who would you take? Um, I would say I think Darlington Nagby, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Well, well, thanks for doing this again, man, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. Um, good talking with you. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Later. And once again, that was Mike Holmgren. Uh, he's he's part of the PDX Saints. So if you're ever in the Portland area, be sure to give them uh, a ring or hit them up on Twitter at PDX underscore Saints, and uh, they'll be sure to show you a a good time. You know, you got to get up early when you when you're out here on the West Coast to to watch a match, uh, but that's okay. We're, we're we're totally good with that, and it's worth it. You know, um, just because we're American doesn't mean we're afraid to to drink beer super early. Um, you know, often before we have coffee or food or anything else, it makes for a great day. Uh, you can't, can't, you know, unless you, you, you can, and then you can. So, uh, anyway, um, and if you're ever in the Portland area, you, I, I know it's MLS and all that stuff, but the Timbers are a fun place to go. Um, for all that I've heard about it and for all that I've seen, maybe the, the stands are, are, uh, are the, the fans are, maybe the most like crystal palace of, of any team in the United States. Um, the stadium is purpose built. It's small. Um, it is intimate. And so, yeah, so maybe, uh, maybe don't be afraid to check that out. Uh, if you are ever in the area. Um, although I realize that if you're coming from the UK, you've probably got enough lush green forestry and things to look at. So you're probably not going to uh, Portland, Oregon and check that out. But, um, you know, all I can do is all I can do is try. So uh, that is pretty much it for this show. We have talked to nine, we've done nine different interviews, talked to 10 different guests, uh, gotten what I hope is a range of perspectives. Um, as many people, as many women talk to me on this on this episode of the podcast as, as did throughout my college years. So thank you for that. Uh, ladies, I enjoy being shut down still. Um, my wife is currently laughing as I'm, as I'm recording this. She thinks it's hilarious. Um, but I- anyway, you know, don't, don't be afraid. I'm not, I'm not here to, to be creepy. Just want to get some perspectives on on saints. And so next time we do this, um, I will definitely change some things because this turned into just a, a massive project. Um, but I enjoyed every second of it and I, uh, I, I wouldn't trade it in for, for um, almost, oh, I traded it for some stuff, but not very much. So, um, thank you to everybody who called in. Thank you to everybody who I had to schedule interviews with and cancel interviews with and rearrange interviews with, uh, to put up with uh, my family schedule, but my family is uh, important to me. And sometimes, you know, I, I would have not been able to forgive myself had I missed my daughter's uh, championship winning game to do this. 
All that being said, uh, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on iTunes. Uh, it helps other people learn about the show. It helps spread the word about the show. Please continue to share it with your friends. Have them tune in and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There's no underscore in the Facebook address. And we'll be back, uh, you, know, you know, throughout the summer. We are not going to take, I say we, it's me. Uh, we're not going to take a big, long break or anything like that. Uh, there will be weeks when we don't put anything out, but I'll post something on the Twitter account that just says, you know, no new episode this week. And basically, as long as things are happening, uh, we'll be talking about it. We'll talk to people who are, who are doing stuff. And maybe the episodes are a little bit shorter, but we will be around and doing stuff and trying to keep you up to date. And, uh, you know, because I enjoy doing this and like, like Mike and I were talking about, I, I don't have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about Southampton um, unless it's me providing everything and them just asking questions, which is fine. But sometimes you want to talk to people who actually know the club and like the club and and want to talk about the club, not just um, ask you the, the questions so they can pretend they're interested. So uh, this this season, this uh, since since January, we've done 20 episodes. Um, the people that I've talked to have been amazing. Everybody has been super receptive and helpful and I can't thank, I, I can't thank them enough. I think I've, I've said it already, but I have to be honest and say that um, this has been a, a, a truly wonderful experience for me. And I hope that um, everybody that's out there listening has has uh, also enjoyed it. And the show has grown. It's kind of weird because when I first started, I was super nervous because it was like you're putting yourself out there, you're trying something. Um, but like I've said before, uh, my my students, I encourage them all day every day to to challenge themselves and push themselves and put themselves out there and not be afraid of of things like that and uh you know this is me doing that for myself and um something that i am truly enjoying now it is something that is difficult and uh it's a new kind of pressure it's a new kind of uh you know know, nerve-wracking to to see that people are actually listening uh, but also something that i am really really enjoying so please continue to keep the feedback coming Uh, if you leave us a rating that would really help follow us on twitter subscribe on itunes all that stuff and I think this is uh, this has been great. We will be back next week or the week after with another show. And until then, uh, just remember that together we march on. Oh.